This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Disclaimer. The thoughts and views of the people in this podcast do not represent the opinions or beliefs of 91BTV as a whole. We are not affiliated with any political party or belief and do not promote ourselves to be. We understand this is a difficult time and topic for all of us, but we think it's important to share this. For more information, email us at itscoronatime at 91BTV.com. Hello, people of the world. Ooh, that's really loud. Hello, people of the world and podcast fam. My name is Kevin Jackson, and welcome to this magnificent episode of It's Corona Time. We're back with another banger for you guys here today. It's been a minute, like almost a month and a half. (laughs) But I was on vacation, and I was doing those podcasts with Mo. And it was cool, you know, to be in Washington, to be in Utah, to interview my fans, talk about what they're going on and what they're dealing with. But today I have one of my friends, Adrian Flores, with me today. And uh, we just want to have him introduce himself and why you should listen to him. What's up, guys? My name is Adrian Flores. I've lived here in SoCal all my life. Uh, you should listen to me because ultimately I care that the government works for us and that there are employees we pay their salaries and that ultimately hey let's let's not have the citizens get screwed over but let's make sure that hey you know this government is one for the people of the people by the people most definitely most definitely man it's a pleasure to have you on today man and i thank you for doing this as well you know um being having able to share your views in this like public light you know what i mean a lot of people are going to be interested in this podcast and and interested in watching and listening, so that's definitely dope. Um, to talk about where how Adrian and us met, man, it's been a minute, yo. Remember back in the day, in uh, we've been in each other's lives for a while, yeah, dude. man. Youth church mission trip to Jamaica, so it's mm-hmm. it's been a minute, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you do you um uh, still remember anything or is there like a hard lesson you learned from Jamaica that you still live with today? Ooh, that's a that's a good question, man. Um it was definitely different going there. Like it was great to be away from the busyness of everything and like the American identity for a second of, you know, just like materialism things and you know, just realizing taking everything for granted. Um Probably uh-huh. that would be one of the biggest lessons that I made. Um, and that, uh, I mean, and another thing too is that what I liked were like when we had the Sunday, the the the, the VBS, um, the, uh-huh. the Vacation Bible School, um, and just like all the kids there, man. Like, I mean, I was still a kid too, but like all the kids were just so happy with like everything they had at the time. So just being grateful for like what you have and just like thanking God for the, his blessings every day. So I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I remember being on the bus ride, uh, going throughout the the city, right in the village. I'm like, "Yo, this looks exactly like Mexico, just with palm trees." <laughs> and so, it was awesome to see. That was my first mission trip, so it was mm-hmm. awesome to get out of uh, my comfort zone of sunny, so, sunny SoCal, mm-hmm. right, and go to uh, another country. And I think um, one of the things, this is a very small thing, but it just it stuck with me, mm-hmm. right? Was uh, when Jody. Do you remember Jody? Yeah. Jody. <laughs> so Jody, she was explaining uh, her love for her, her country, right? And she said that the credo or the motto of her country was, you know, out of many people, one. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yo, that kind of sounds like America, you know, with this, this hodgepodge melting pot of a lot of cultures. And I remember that. I remember um, 
some of the stuff that Chris Abeda, I remember his name, Chris Abeda, he was the, <laughs> yeah. the, the leader of everything. And uh, what he, he, he imparted uh, to everyone about some, some things about dating. And I think those are the things I, I take, take most. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. 2013, man. That was, I still got the shirts. <laughs> I still, yeah. yeah, I still wear the shirts. The the blue ones. That I got the shirts. With. They just don't fit me, brother. That's the. <laughs> hey, thing. that's a I'm problem, a bro. Hus- <laughs> I'm a little husky, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thick with three C's, bro. Oh, three. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. I was actually wearing one of the shirts today, but I should have worn that honestly. But I was just like, nah, this. I gotta, I gotta wear something different. I gotta take a shower and be nice and clean for the podcast. So, um, yeah, man, that, that was, that was my first and only one so far. And you went on many ones to Haiti after that. So, I mean, you definitely saw God work his magic <laughs> out there. His yeah, ways. definitely. Mm-hmm. So definitely. I feel, I feel, um, yeah, man, I feel a calling towards ministry mm-hmm. and, oh man, I'm like, yo, God, like you've had missions like in my life. Like that's just been a part of my life. Like, is this kind of what you're calling me to? Like, what? There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more of a an active part you're trying to get me to go with this. So that's what I'm kind of asking him right now. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying having him in my life mm-hmm. every day. So that's where I'm at. Most definitely. Most definitely, man. I mean, I could say the same for myself as well. You know, both Christians, both volunteer, volunteers in the church. Um, so I'd say that's, like, the biggest part of our lives that, like, like starting from the beginning until like now so um but just like getting through on the big topic for today and the main conversation why i wanted to have you on is just really talking about everything that's been happening in a few weeks you know we just had the election um between um joe Biden and donald trump and the country was literally on a brink people were saying it's on the brink of a civil war and i never really got that mentality i was like i don't I don't think people are going to be out here in the streets. Like, I feel like the Civil War would have happened already in June, you know. (laughs) But, like, happening for the election, I don't even think that it's, like... I do understand that, like, it's a a big thing for people. But I don't think that it would be big enough that, you know, it would be an all-out war and people making it out to be stay inside and all these things. So, um, it's just a lot of division in the country. And some, some one side that we don't really see a lot of the times is more of the conservative side um a lot of people bash conservatives at least on my timeline for like twitter and then uh it's just it's just all out hate for people that have those views necessarily and my first thing and and why i like these podcasts what i'm doing is that i and you know and just myself is that i like hearing from other people you know i like having even friends from different sides of the of the aisle because i feel like uh just coming together and just like having different point of views gets you outside of your bubble that you form and sometimes you can't really, you might be stuck in one sort of way, you know, um, but we're, we're all able to, to, to see each other's views and maybe come to sometimes a, a, an agreement or sometimes a resolution for problems, you know. So uh, especially in Congress, right? I mean, in order to, for bills to pass, most of the time they have to be with both parties, you know, unless they get like a 51 percent, like 51 to 49. Like that's really tough. But um yeah so today i just want to i just want to uh if you could just first talk about like what your you know political alignment might be or belief and um like and who you voted for for the election 
And that's going to be while I drink this. Um, Always got to be drinking something on these podcasts. So right now I'm drinking this Arizona sweet tea. So I got that going on. Bro, if they're not, if they ain't paying you, bro, cover it up, dog. <laughs> cover it up. They ain't paying you, bro. That's just my, that's my two bit, <laughs> my, my, my two cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So as far as where I align politically, uh, I want to say I'm a hybrid between a conservative and a libertarian. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, I really want to make sure that, um, you know, the government's really working for us. And I think both both sides, you know, we got a two party system, right? That's really you either vote for one of those or um, your vote kind of doesn't count. <laughs> it's just they got the lion's share of the votes. And when I say lion's share, I mean, it's like they have 97 percent. Between the both of them, they have 97%, right? And I think that both sides, neither side is innocent of trying to become an authoritarian in the lives of the people. So uh, I believe the government has one purpose, uh, to protect the rights of the people. Um, The government failed to protect George Floyd's right to life. The government's failed to protect um, all these uh, small businesses' right to have their business not be raided and burned down. And I'd like to see a better job of the government just on protecting the rights. I don't think it's the job of the government to uh, try to make everyone's life better, but to provide you with a foundation so you could build your own life. So as far as politically, that's where I fall. Um, I voted for, I voted for Trump uh, here in California. So yeah, that's why I voted for Trump. And my, my thinking along with it was um, it's really kind of seeing the rise of, of, of socialism and communism. Um, or just the, how accepted it is just as an idea of, um, you know, we had, uh, I'd see videos of um, the protests or uh, the, the, the vast groups of people going throughout these uh, neighborhoods in Malibu screaming, eat the rich, eat the rich, eat the rich. I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, if we're reading history, yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, man, so. Yeah, uh, I've seen the the rise of socialist, Marxist uh, propaganda and views. Um, I think that yeah, that that was a big point in me um, voting for Donald Trump. Uh, I think you have a better gauge of Twitter than I do. <laughs> but it's not just in Twitter, but it's also in the people that I surround myself in. Because I mean, I go to Cal Poly Pomona. Um, there's a lot of liberals that go to that school. I mean, there's also conservatives, but there's people that have different feelings about him. A lot of people were very concerned about, and they didn't want their country turning into um, that socialism, Marxist, communism state. Um, I personally don't believe socialism is a bad idea per se. Some people might think so. Um, I don't believe it's as extreme as Marxism or communism. Of course, I believe those things are like crazy and radical, you know, and they don't turn out for the best for people. But in terms of socialism, there's many countries across the world like Sweden and Norway that have some type of basic socialism. Like, don't you think that sometimes that, don't you think that we may, some people might want free education or free healthcare per se, you know? And 
I mean, some people might say, no, we don't want our taxes to go to that, which is fine. I understand that reasoning behind it. But if you don't want it at all, like in, in, a, in, in I'll say, a utopian view, I do find a little bit concerned about that one. Um, so I, I think that's, that, can, that wave of conservatism and bringing out the silent majority really contributed to how close the election was at the beginning. Like we thought that it was like, okay, like these states are going to, uh, for Trump right now. And like, he could end up winning it. I mean, most of them turned toward Biden, but I believe that like how close it was, it was because of, um, people fearing about, you know, the way that the country was turning out, you know, and I thought it was more because of the pandemic, but it seemed more because of what was going on there. Um, and I just wanted to know if that was correct in, in terms of why you voted or what you personally believe in. In that um i think that <clears throat> i think there's two views of socialism mm -hmm. that people i think when people say i'm for socialism they think of the scandinavian countries mm -hmm. they think of sweden denmark um norway right I think that people like Bernie Sanders, when they say socialism, they're thinking more Venezuela. <laughs> so if you want to say like, if there's a version of socialism that, that has been working for their country, it's been Norway in the Scandinavian countries. That's what I meant. I didn't mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think as a political movement in the United States right now, I think it looks and it's it's more towards um, more towards a Venezuelan look than it is the Scandinavian country. I think the people that are really championing the movement of socialism in this country is Bernie Sanders. And from my perspective, it was and Bernie had the giant lead, right? And um and the voting for the DNC candidate for the for the Democratic candidate. Yeah. Bernie was the front runner for mostly all that race. And it to me, in my perspective, it was everybody just trying to out Bernie Bernie. <laughs> so it just went. No, we will have free everything, and your rent's going to be paid, too, and this is going to happen, and everybody gets a car. And, um, yeah, it, I thought it was everybody trying to out Bernie Bernie, and I think Bernie's view of socialism kind of looks more like Venezuela than the Scandinavian countries, which, from what I know, have um, a very big emphasis on capitalism. They're really good with um, how their country works with their businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, yeah, Venezuela, straight communists, just controlling the means of production of everything, man. Mm -hmm. And super sad, super sad to, to see people eating their dogs when they had all their stuff pop off. I think that a lot of what people are thinking of socialism is Bernie Van is Bernie Sanders' view, and uh, not the Nordic countries. And if we vote for it, like, hey, we voted for it. Uh, it, it is what it is, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that would scare me. It, it does scare me to think to to have uh, this acceptance 
of kind of more and maybe it's just the far left has the loudest voice because not everybody's like super far left yeah the, there's a lot of people that reside kind of middle middle left mm-hmm. but uh did you see the statue of vladimir yeah. vladimir lenin oh. right uh yeah did you see the statue his statue out in seattle Mm-mm. so he has a statue in seattle and it's it's erected it's polished and it's loved dude i'm like yo this is just oh man to see how how accepted by the far left um and kind of how mainstream it's going and how no one how kind of if like you were saying if you say hey i think that the way we're going with the left-wing politics is bad then you kind of you get dirty looks and you get this and that. And when you try to explain, like, no, 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 no. Purely, this is what history has shown, right? You go this way with communism, and bad stuff happens, right? The Christians die. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of what I try to, to get people um, to understand. And, um, yo, the Christians die in every single communist regime, dude. So I look at that, I'm like, we got a big emphasis on uh, – there's a big move that if you don't call people by their pronouns, then you're basically stripping people of their, their rights and their humanity at that point. And I don't think I would have too much of a problem doing that, but when you want to make it a law and now you want to you, you wanna charge it as a crime – to 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 call people not by their pronouns like that's a problem and if i'm if i'm like being an alarm i'm like yo guys this is not good we're 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 making um we're making victims voices the absolute loudest and when we start passing laws in favor in favor of that that's that's not good uh, so I think I think I've answered your question on that. As far as the George Floyd, pro- the, uh, the the George Floyd, um, the events that happened with that, I'm with I'm 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 with. We do not want a police state. We do not. Police have to be held accountable. They got to be. There has to be consequences. We can't have. Uh, you ever see Judge Dredd? No. Okay. You you've saved yourself some, some <laughs> tears on the first one, but the second one was kind of good, right? But in Judge Dredd, he's uh, the the city has gotten so bad that they're they're the the cops are now judges, right? Mm. So they're they are judge, jury, and executioner, and they make the call on the spot because they don't have the means or the resources or time to send everyone that's doing crime through the justice system. Mm. So they appointed judges, uh, these cops, to be judge, jury, and executioner on the spot. And that just can't, we can't have that. We, 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 can't, we can't have a police state where cops just make decisions on the fly and there's no, there's no repercussions, there's no this, there's no that. So uh, I love cops, but at the same time, like there's nothing worse there's few things worse than a dirty cop and those people need to go to jail for a long time in my opinion 
you you want to be um, judge, jury, and executioner over other people like that. You, you, no, we're not having tyrants like that. So the notion of hey, we gotta get rid of the police. It's not. It's not. It that we can't have that. Like if we if we live in a place where there's no police, and it's not. It's not even defunding. It's it's abolish the police. It's abolish ICE at this point. It's get rid of them, right? There was, uh, and again, this is the voice from the far left. Right, the far, far left. So not everybody's here. Yeah. But they have the loudest voice right now, and they have the ear of all the politicians. So I think LA was like, "Yeah, we'll cut the budget of the LAPD," which to me is kind of crazy. I don't know. Maybe someone could explain it to me. But there's more people in the greater Los Angeles area, and forty something like forty-five of the other states combined, brother. So I hear that. I'm like, uh, maybe there should be more cops. Maybe there should, they should have some better tools. <laughs> Cause I mean, if you got them that much people, I mean, you, you really want to train them. Well, you really want to, uh, make sure they have the tools they need. Um, I think the standards for cops needs to be higher too. Um, one thing that happened was, I think, I don't know if it was L.A., some county uh, said no more strikes, uh, no more chokeholds. That's what they said, mm-hmm. right? Now, some would say, hey, yes, no more chokeholds. Other people would say, okay, if you have someone that's not resisting and they're not allowed or, or who's not, yeah, who's, who's not yielding to instructions and the cop needs to take control of the situation, and they can't use a chokehold, their last resort is to punch them in the back of the head until they stop resisting. Like, at that point, like, how do you get someone to stop resisting? Yeah, so so there, there's stuff, there's, there's, I feel like we're not asking the question of, like, okay, well, what does this decision lead to? What does that decision lead to? You know? Um, so I get the sentiments as there, there's, there's stuff I see. And also like from a fear, a fear standpoint, I'm like, Oh man, dude, what if we do abolish the police? Man? I don't want to be my own police force. You know, that's not something I want. So, um, I have, I have few Hills that I die on and, uh, my faith really, uh, dictates that. And that is um, protecting protecting Israel, standing by Israel uh, through thick and thin, um, uh, protecting the unborn. Um, as a Christian, I believe that the Bible supports and suggests and calls us uh, for those who follow Christ. Right, um, those who don't, they have no no obligation or duty to but for me in my vote and when i go to heaven and even if i was running for office right um some would say yo if you kind of fall more into a libertarian mindset then you shouldn't believe that government should have a say in that um or in the um in the argument of uh the sanctity the sanctity of marriage 
And my response to that would be like, yo, it's not a government issue on protecting, like, you can't terminate the life of an unborn baby. That's not a government issue. That's that's just, to, to me, at least, and to what I read from my Bible, that's not okay. And um, as far as uh, the sanctity of marriage and it being between a man and a woman, I don't. I don't say, well, I'm a libertarian. I don't concern myself with that issue. Uh, I really submit myself to what I believe I'm hearing from God and what the word says. And I submit my vote to, to that. So, yeah. And I feel that uh, President Trump, one, is probably the most pro-Israel government uh, administration that we've had. Um, talk about getting this peace treaty done <laughs> between Israel and a lot of its neighbors, dude. Yeah. Like, huh? Mm-hmm. What? Now, if you're a Bible nerd, there's some there's some revelation That's in there. True. So, uh, kind of cool, kind of freaky to see that going down. Um, yeah, man. I mean, how 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 does he not get praise on this? You know, how does he not get a pat on the back, at least. How do people not talk about, oh, my gosh, guys. I don't know if you know what we're witnessing, young people. But these guys hate each other. You do not understand. This is like seeing Paris and Nicole make up. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is seeing Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels hug it out right after they screwed him. So, um yeah, so I think he's probably the most pro-Israel administration we've seen. Um, I've had the chance to go to Israel this last December, and it was an amazing experience. And after 10 days of being there, we're all on the bus. We are coming back, and um, our guide that was with us uh, the entire time, he said, Hey, guys, you know what? We hope you enjoy your stay in Israel. Um, our hope is that as you go back to America – that you could help us change. Uh, I might be remembering this wrong, but I, I don't think so. Uh, help us change the perception of Israel. Um, we we are about life. We are about um, we are about love, and um, there's a lot of forces working against Israel right now. There's there's organizations. That their sole priority, their their sole purpose is to not take down Israel from a military standpoint or a physical standpoint, but from a financial standpoint. They'll go to companies, uh, for example, like Coca-Cola, and they'll say, hey, Israel, piece of trash government, piece of trash country, do not do business with, with Israel. And they'll put all these this pressure on these companies to not do business with Israel and bankrupt Israel from a financial standpoint. And he, he was explaining this to us. And I was like, this actually happens? What? So, yeah, man. I mean, just just going about here, waiting. Uh, uh, my mom would go to Israel. Uh, she went like four years ago, and I'd have Israel merch, right? Israel merch, Israel hat. And then kind of seeing the looks and having a conversation with someone of saying, like, you like Israel. And I could kind of feel his energy. <laughs> and the up, right? And I'm like. Yeah, I dig Israel. <laughs> so I saw that from President Trump, and I was like, okay, I'll vote for him on that point. 
I do believe that it's a good thing that Israel is making peace with its nearby nations. But one of the biggest concerns that people have and that I have as well is that Israel is not making peace with an, with its neighbor in its nation. Um, you know about Palestine. Um, Palestine used to be a British mandate um, back in the, um, the early to mid um, 1900s. Um, and before um, the British let them have their own reign, um, they declared that there was supposed to be a two-state solution, that there was supposed to be split between Palestine and Israel. And at first, it was just all Palestine. Um, that was because there were no there were no Jews in the area um, because of the diaspora that happened in um, the uh, early AD. Um, so um, there's people already living there, and the British declared that they wanted to um, separate it off because there was a lot uh, the Zionist movement was occurring. So there's a lot of um, a lot of um, people moving back into the into the area. Um, I personally believe that was the best way to go, just because I believe having one nation with two different ethnicities at that time was very hard. Um, um, they also did the same thing in India, if you look at it, between Pakistan and India. Um, that one didn't go over so well as well. But this is a continuing issue because um, Israel was supposed to give Palestine... Have, let, let them have their own nation, but slowly and slowly and slowly, especially after the Six-Day War, they started to infringe upon the Palestinians' rights and to take more and more of their land, even forcing settlers out of their homes in the region. Um, so that's the biggest, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't necessarily like Israel and they don't necessarily like Trump because of his ways in helping Israel in that matter so what is your what is your biggest um i would say retribution or takeaway from that oh man i think um so i'm not too keen on the history of israel mm -hmm. um i'll say this that the name <laughs> the the name israel or the, the name Judea, it, it's it's the Jews by the name of Judea, you know that that's that's their home. Um, I'm not too keen on uh, kind of the history. Uh, I'm kind of more current on just kind of the status of today. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, it's there's so much tension, dude. There really is so much tension. The vibe that I get and kind of just seeing the, the, the news and this and that is that Hamas, their primary goal is to exterminate every single Jew. We have this view, we call, a lot of people call Trump Nazis when you've got Hamas. <laughs> They're really they're saying the same the same rhetoric that the Nazis were saying was which hey let's exterminate every single Jew. Um, I remember watching a video of a Jewish professor at a UC school. Uh, it might have been UC Davis. I'm not too sure, but um, a girl from Palestine. Uh, she came up and asked him a question, and said um, she brought up her grievances with um, with Israel. 
And the professor replied replied to her with this. Uh, He said, uh, as of right now, Hamas has said that they wish to wait or exploit any opportunity during uh, some of their feasts. Um, uh, Could have been uh, Passover. um, uh, A lot of Jews go back to Jerusalem and Israel during these feasts. Mm -hmm. And um, they said, uh, he said that Hamas had said, if we would love, it is our desire to gather every single Jew in Jerusalem so that that way we don't have to hunt them down after. And it's our, we would love, we would love to just take out all the Jews. He asked this girl, do you agree with Hamas or do you disagree with Hamas? And she kind of danced around the question and he, he persisted on it. Right. He said, are you either for this statement or against the statement? She said, I'm for it. And there was a silence in the room. And he said, thank you. And then she said, but you don't know what Israel does and this and that. And he was like, you just out of your own mouth said you agree with Hamas's statement of wanting to exterminate the Jews. Um, so if I think if we were to ask ourselves a question, if each side, if one side, right, were to throw away their guns, what would happen? I think that if Palestine threw all their guns, their missiles, their rockets into the ocean, I think, and I could be wrong, but I don't believe I am, there would be peace. There would be peace, and as everything exists right now, it would stay that way. If Israel threw all their guns, all their rockets, everything into the ocean, Palestine, Egypt, Jordan, Sudan, all these places, they're coming for the jugular. So as far as what, as far as that, dude, I mean, that's how I feel about it. We're just kind of looking at the current situation. Um I looked up, I looked up some, just some stuff about the Israeli government. Okay, so free speech is permitted in the Israeli government, right? By their constitution, I believe. Uh, free speech, a free press, independent courts, open and fair elections, women, women having full rights, uh, women in every single profession, women in the military, None of that exists in any of its neighbors. None of it exists in any of its neighbors. There's a Palestinian party, a political party within Israel that that is allowed to have their voice and uh, have their vote within their parliament, kind of like the Tea Party or the Green Party or the Rent is Too Damn High Party over here. Um, They have that. So have you heard of that? The rent, the rent is too damn high. No, it's a real. It, 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 it's wow. they're communists. Oh, okay. they're they're communists. So are they socialists? Maybe. Um, but that yeah, that exists over here. You could vote. <laughs> so um, yeah, there there's a Palestinian political party within Israel that has a voice. There's Palestinians that are able to run for office in Israel and hold office in Israel. 
none of that exists in any of its uh, any of its neighbors. So, I mean, I, I stand by that, dude. They, I went to Bethlehem, right? It was super cool, super cool. We went to the Church of the of the Nativity. Um, it's a Catholic church that uh, that that's surrounding this place that's built over this place, and um, no one ever wanted to mess with the Catholic church because it was messing with Rome. And if you burn down a Catholic church, then Rome is coming after you. So that was a really cool. That was a cool piece of history to learn. But um, we we were driving in this bus and I see uh, the wall. Uh, uh, we're going to Bethlehem, right? I see the wall next to me. And I um, it's the West Bank, I believe. It's not the Gaza Strip. So I see the West Bank to the to the right of me and we get to this checkpoint and we have a Jewish bus driver. And we have a Jewish interpreter. <clears throat> Our Jewish bus driver has special papers to allow him to go in. But our interpreter, because he's a Jew, is not allowed to go into Bethlehem because um, it's, it's guarded. It's, no? it's, uh, it's Palestine. Okay. It's Palestine. So, um, so he gets off and we're like, hey, uh, uh, Pastor Adam, like, why, why, why isn't, why isn't our friend coming? And he explains like, oh, well, um, they're, they're, he's simply just not allowed in here. And come to find out, dude, that it was, uh, I believe this is, this, this occurs in 1995, that it was uh, portion Palestine, portion uh, Israel, and they were cohabitating. And um, there was just a series of violence and bombings, dude, uh, of Christian churches, of Jewish synagogues. And it got deemed so dangerous to be uh, in that place for Jews and Christians that Israel just said, hey, guys, just just hop out. They They, they gave it to Palestine. So... We roll into Bethlehem, right? We see Jordan military there. We see tanks. We see uh, soldiers. So, um, yeah, man, I, 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 I really do feel like if Israel was the side to say, that's it, we're done, we're throwing the guns into the ocean, then Israel ceases to be a state at that point. And the voice that's being, the, the, the loudest voice is not even like a, Hey, let's have two states. It's Israel doesn't have the right to be a state, so, but Israel's already a state. So what do you do? What do you what do you already do with with Israel? You know. So that's that's where I'm coming from on that. And God saying, "Hey, these my people." I'm like, if that's, if that's your people, God, they my people. So uh, one more point. Um, was the border. Um, 2012. Was it 2012 when he ran? When what? there was the, the election? 20, 2016, no, it was 2014, right? 2016. 2016. Yes, 2016 yeah. I'm, I'm living in the past. <laughs> so, I don't want to be in 2020 right now. Nobody does. Uh, nobody does, bro. So 2016, he was running. And um, I remember working at Chipotle. And everybody talking about, yo, this fool Donald Trump, he's saying all this trash about everything, right? And I remember, so I voted for him uh, 2016. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, 
I voted for him in 2016 as well. And right there, I was so... I think I was just, just like delving into politics. It was my first time voting. Mm. First time voting. Uh, he's running against Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Oh wait, me too. And... I'm always saying that. <laughs> I was like, that's why I'm voting too. I'm all like, what? Yeah, he's running against Hillary Clinton, and I think I can't remember what my thought process was, but I remember being at the booth and asking myself, like, man, am I really about to vote for Donald Trump? <laughs> because that was just the mm. whole. You look at Twitter, you look at um, Instagram. It's just like the no one loves this guy, and they're just bringing up every, every, all their opinions. I'm like, man, I'm really about to do this. Um, so I voted for him, and then I had ease with voting for him after um, after he won. I I, I was kind of uneasy. I was like, oh snap, this actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> I was like, this actually happened. Well, this is going to be a fun roller coaster. So, and we all say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all say that. Yeah. And that was kind of a conflicting thing for me, dude, because uh, a lot of my family, not, 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 not here legally. So um, it was a hard thing. But in, in the time after that, kind of trying to, understand the issue of the border more um it really really started to settle with me of like okay i think i made the right decision um the border is a mess man It, it really is i think people are convicted by and all of us are right all of us have a heart i think others are more blatant on but are on numbers, on statistics, on kind of, okay, we can make this decision, but what are the consequences four years down the road, six years down the road? What, what does this do? And um, everybody made, um, uh, I know we were going to talk about this uh, later on in the mm-hmm. podcast, but the rhetoric, mm-hmm. the rhetoric of, of President Trump coming up, coming up. Um, I can't – a lot of uh, – he's he said probably a thousand things that people <laughs> could bring up in their head. I've got probably one or two. Uh, it was the Mexicans are rapists comment that he made. And uh, if we go back and look at it, right, he was saying – so I have, I have the quote mm-hmm. right here. Okay. Uh, am I starting with the beginning? Yeah. Okay. So when when Mexico sends its people, they're sending their best. Let me preface this. I'm not President Trump. (laughs) Okay. I'm not President Trump. Not at all. How he would say things, I probably would not say things. But these are his his words, and we're gonna we're gonna we're going to critique Trump Mm -hmm. right now, right? Okay. So quote. When when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. He added, they're sending people that have a lot of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. Uh, They're bringing their drugs, they're bringing their crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people, right? He's not saying they're rapists, right? He's saying, man, if we're talking about a prison, right? Let's take San Quentin. 
if I say San Quentin's rapists, right? We're saying San Quentin's population of rapists that are in there, right? Not everyone, not everyone in San Quentin is there for that charge. Some are there for thefts, for money laundering, for petty crime, right? Well, you know, I don't know if they'll be in prison for petty crime, mm. but um, he's saying I'm a, a rapists that are in Mexico would like to come to the United States. That's what he's saying. He's not, he's not saying that country is filled with rapists. It's saying He's saying the, the rapists in those countries, in that country, are coming over. At least, at least as how I'm interpreting, yeah. interpreting it, right? Yeah. He's saying, I assume they are good people that are coming over, right? Um, yeah, it, it got painted as he just called the entire country of Mexico rapists. And I, I so that was before the election, I believe. Yeah. Or it might no, have, it was before I, the election, yeah. It was before? Okay, of 2016, yes. right? Okay, so this is an article done by the Huffington Post. This is 9-12-2014. This is the headline. 80% of Central American women, girls, are raped coming in, crossing into the United States border, right? Uh, if I go down here, it says, according to the stunning fusion investigation, a, investigation 80% of the women and girls crossing into the United States by way of Mexico are being raped during their journey. That's up from the previous estimate of 60%, according to the Amnesty International report. Mm. Um, so in the, in the article, I can't find it. I don't know. Where's my glasses? Um, it says um, it's happening between the other migrants that are on the trip with them. Bandits. Um, the leaders that they paid to lead them across and corrupt uh, border patrol officials. So um, eight out of 10, dude, eight out of 10. This breaks my heart. It, re it really does. It breaks my heart that eight out of 10 women are gaining rate when they're coming across the border. Now, this is 2014, dude, that this was announced. So there's no, you know, as all the Trump supporters would say. Um, it didn't happen during the, this era. It happened before. Yeah, Yeah. so it happened. It was going on before. So it's saying that the other migrants that are on the trip with them over to the States are raping these women. It means, dude, there there are rapists coming into the for into the United States, so that's that's crazy. So right, so I I try to uh, look at things from a lens of not trying to protect someone, right? Uh, like I said, uh, I have a very cynical view of government of politicians. Uh, hey, we voted you in; it's time for you to deliver now, mm -hmm. right? So I don't want to protect anyone. Or um, be a ride or die uh, simply because I want this person, mm -hmm. but really with a critical lens, kind of look at what they're what they're mm -hmm. saying. And um, if I'm to give Trump that that treatment, I'm gonna look at what he's saying. So, yeah, man. I mean, eight out of ten women 
get raped at the border. So I don't think we could say that's rhetoric. It looks like it just might be a fact, mm-hmm. you know, that that there are rapists coming in over the border. And yeah, so <sighs> that's that's one of that's mm-hmm. one of the, the ones I've kind of looked at mm-hmm. and said, OK, well, no, hold on. That's not what he said. Uh, another another one was um, there was a lot of criticism of him uh, mocking a uh, paraplegic or uh, a reporter that had cerebral palsy. And uh, do you remember the story? I don't remember the story, but I remember it. I, I heard that it happened. Yeah. Um, how could you vote for someone that makes fun of the the handicap? Right. That's what a lot of people were saying. And. Um, how he how he supposedly mocked this reporter right is that he got his arms up like like a supposedly a paraplegic was like doing a, a nerdy voice and oh trump oh, and he did this this imitation right there was a video compilation that came out after this whole incident right of him with seven months nine months worth of him mocking people going Oh, Trump's, uh, Trump's, Trump's, uh, economic plan is not going to work. Right. This is just how he made fun of people, regular people. Right. He's demeaning them. Right. He's demeaning them. Would I kind of demean people in that same way? No, I I don't think I would. Um, it's mean, but I'm not going to tell him, Hey, don't be mean. (laughs) Right. This is just, this is the man. Right. So yeah, that's just him. So, comes out that he's not making fun of uh, of paraplegic reporters, but this is just how he is. This is just something that he does, and to see the the, the media really take a dig their feet in the heels and portray him as one who mocks uh, and tries to hurt the handicap. I was like, mm, nah, that's not that's not that's just not what happened, you know. Um, so as far as the rhetoric, it, I don't think he, I don't think he does really do, do rhetoric as far as the, uh, uh, the hill that I don't die on being same sex marriage. Uh, he hasn't really done much and that's what I kind of don't get from, um, the, the left side. I would have to have someone kind of try to explain it to me because he hasn't done anything. He hasn't proposed uh, a bill he hasn't really tried to get um the supreme court's ruling overturned mm-hmm. he hasn't really done anything other than um not allowing transgender um recruitments to go into the military and i believe that was based on it was going to cost the military money to have them serve in the military mm-hmm. because of their medical needs so um on that point, he, he he didn't really show anything, but the threat of communism, the threat of socialism, the threat of, or the the aspect of him being a very pro-Israel president, um, and um, him making some decisions that there's conversations right now about getting Roe versus Wade overturned, and I think that although he hasn't like been champion 
championing the movement, like being that spearhead on it. I think he's making moves like with the the appointment of um, ACB. A- ACB with the appointment of ACB. There's conversations that that are being had right now, and they're saying, "Is this possible? Can this happen?" So. Um, yeah, and all those fronts, all those fronts um, were like my rider dies on on am I who's who's got my vote? Okay, and then like one of the other other things that you were talking about was really just like being pro life, and there's a lot of women out there that necessarily um, don't believe that men or that the government should have control over their bodies in terms of, you know, um, abortion. And you were stating that you were more pro-life, but you also stated that the government shouldn't have control as well. Mm-hmm. So, but you said that you would vote for if there was any like pro-life propositions or legislation, you would in turn vote for them. But isn't that contrary to necessarily what you... So like you would aren't your actions contrary to what you what you talk about to what you speak about? As far as my political orientation, yes, one hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> as far as the thing that defines me before my political uh, orientation, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Christian before anything else. Mm-hmm. Before I'm gorgeous, before I'm <laughs> rich, before all these other things, you know, I'm I'm submitted to whatever God says, you know. And that's the thing. Like, what if what if the what if the rent is too damn high? Party was the party of communism, but they were also like, "Yo, we're pro life." <laughs> then at that point, like, I'm like, "Oh God, what do I do? What do I do, Jesus?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah 100 percent. but um i don't put what i believe politically before what i believe spiritually okay what's that um just a couple of points on on kind of what if i'm if i'm thinking from uh, from an earthly mindset, right? Um, cops should be the only ones to, to determine what uh, happens uh, with policing. Farmers should be the only people uh, that should determine what happens with farming. Um Businesses should be the only people that determine what happens with their business, right? I don't, I don't, I, I have a, I have a brain, I have a heart. I'm able to think things out. I'm able to feel things sentimentally. And I don't, I don't think um, me being a male <sighs> excludes me from having a voice on what happens within my country. Mm. Um, Really, the only part where I feel like like heartbroken, I don't want to say, no, not the only, 
but for those that were had had people force themselves uh upon them or forced yeah people that forced themselves upon other people and now they're left to carry uh that child yo i don't know of anything much there's i think the bible says cut that person's uh tally whacker off you know there's like nothing worse than that and i think if we're talking i think there's a lot of emphasis on on the women's side there's got to be a lot of emphasis on the men's side and we're not even talking about for being forced upon right there's what 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 responsibility is there on a on a on a man you know how many people dodge child support with, with all this stuff so if anything um there should be more and this might be this might be going against <laughs> this might be going against what i believe politically right in terms of um the government having no say in it but how a guy could just dodge responsibility like that and i think there should be you know california we're super liberal right and we say mm-hmm. no death penalty no no death penalty i don't know about that one i just saw the propositions come out and we would definitely not liberal on those fronts maybe <laughs> i've got my definition we're super left wing right yeah more left sided yeah, yeah. uh-huh <laughs> So super left-sided and it's like, yo, the Bible's like, yo, cut that person's tallywhacker off. I think, um, I think we need to have harsher punishments for people that, that, that force themselves onto people, but also, uh, that's an innocent child. You know, that baby had nothing nothing to do with what happened um and so many people so many people so many babies die dude so many people so many babies die and it's not their fault and it it just it breaks my heart breaks my heart to see it um that is an innocent person at the end of the day that that people are are terminating we're we're terminating all the way up until nine months when it could survive outside the womb um i don't think so (laughs) i haven't heard about that one that i feel like that's just more of a propaganda per se i believe the latest that it can happen is this is is like the second trimester that's what i believe i don't think it's a nine Uh, months I'll, I'll refresh myself on that. Mm-hmm. Definitely the consensus is I can terminate my child up until it's born. I think, I think, and again, this is, this is mm-hmm. all this. I try to get my news from different, different sources, different, yeah. different sources right? Um, so there's people that definitely feel I could, terminate my baby at eight eight and a half months and again it's like those that have the loudest voices right now have a real good have the ear of a lot of politicians so yeah 
it's an instant child. The, the child did nothing. We're punishing the child for the, the sin of the father. And again, if, we, if we're abiding by that logic, police should be the only people that decide wh what, what laws and how policing is done. I don't think any of us think that. I think after George Floyd, like, you know, we're like, hey, there needs to be more accountability. There needs to be more better training. Uh, there needs to be X, Y, and Z that is happening. Um, man, what's another thing? Um, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we have that line of logic with anything else, you know. And the percentage of people that had someone force themselves upon them and are going for that procedure, I believe, is out of all abortions is less than 3% for the reason, the sole reason of they had someone force upon them, force themselves upon them is less than 3%. So I don't believe it's a valid argument that like of the, well, what in the Institute of, of Rape? It's happening more as a form of birth control than it is... Um, in the event of rape, That's we true. we give people severe consequences for DUI, right? Three strikes and you can never drive again, <laughs> right? So I think in the same way where we say you have to be responsible for your own life. Um, and I think a lot of it is a dodging of responsibility. I do not want to be responsible for my actions at this point. And with that, I'm willing to terminate the life of my child. And I think th there's, there's options out there, dude. There's options for adoption. Um, there's this church I like in Arizona. Um, their whole, they have a whole ministry that preaches and tries to go save kids um, and just preach the gospel. To, to women that are scared, women that don't know how um, they're going to make it, women that are looking at their situation and then in the addition of a child to come into their life. Um, like I said, dude, I'm able to understand, right? I'm able to I have a heart, I have a brain. I could think and work, th think about this along with you. Um but we're punishing the child for the sin of the father. And we're not taking responsibility of our own actions. And we're, we're, we're centered on, well, my career is going to dive after this. My finances are going to shrink after this. My time is up. My, my twenties are now over. Um, or it, where's the res, where's the responsibility? Where where do where do we carry that? Um, and ultimately, it's it's a life, dude. It's a life. A lot of people talk about adoption as a solution to, you know, the kid problem. Mm -hmm. But 
The thing that a lot of people on the left point out as well in terms of for women's rights to have an abortion is that the foster care system right now is not the best. I saw a map of this like hundreds of thousands of kids that are stuck in foster care and you know that never get a home and after they're 18 right they have to fend for themselves so the the, the there's, there's i would say there's another third reason why people don't want to have a kid and that's not necessarily because of the responsibility and it's not because not necessarily because they were raped per se but it's also because they don't want to bring a child into the world that they have lit the world that's currently right now you know there's a lot of bad things in the world there's a lot of there's a lot of and there's a lot and there's a it's hard to raise a child in this world because of per se the sin that is in it you know so that's one of the reasons why people don't necessarily want to bring somebody into it especially if you adopt it as if you if you put it into the foster care system because they might never have a home and people get, children get moved from one household to another household to another household. And that's very difficult on their upbringing as well. Mm-hmm. Would you say they're looking out for the child in that aspect? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if I'm in someone's shoes, right? And this is where I drop off. Like, I I don't follow people with the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking out for my child. It's a hard world. And I don't want to come off as like crude, right? Crude or rude or just like, I'm going to be blunt. I don't want to have my child have a hard life. I'm going to terminate his life. That I'm going to terminate my child's life because I don't want a rough life for them. You, you're terminating the life. I don't know of anything rougher than, 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 than that, you know? Um, I didn't say, I just, I didn't say like, I agree with it. I, I just you, said I that you, I, you, I necessarily, yeah. I see the sentiment. Yeah. But on the other hand, this is, this is what people, this is what people yes. are thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was so fortunate to have a, gr- a good mom. I was so fortunate to um, uh, be raised um, with love in the household. I'm super blessed, dude. I'm so happy that money was the most of my problems. And I never had someone that beat me or neglected me. Um <clears throat> uh, I have friends that tell me their stories of though they had parents uh how they wish they got into foster systems and just the neglect of how um man the heartbreak of stories dude of literally literally trying to get their parents to put them in foster care because it would have been a better life and there would have been a chance right i think people are saying well I'm looking out for you, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna terminate your life. Give them a chance. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm, man, I tried out for the for the wrestling team, right? <laughs> I, was kind of a, I was kind of a chubby. I was kind of a chubby kid. Uh, uh, didn't have much expectations, but 
the number one thing you don't like we you would get up in arms our moms would get up in arms is if i showed up as the chubby kid the coach looked at me and and looked at the adonises that were on the wrestling mat right and looked at me as a chubby kid and said you're not gonna make it just just go home just go home you're not gonna make it this is too hard of a mat they're too good of a guy guys the competition is too hard for you go home all of us hearing that say well hold on i bought the shoes i bought the headgear whether i fail whether i fly or flop i'm getting my ass out there and i'm either gonna pin someone or I'm going to get pinned. But you're not going to deny me the right of going out there and playing. And I feel like that's that's what, you know, as, as you're saying, this is kind of what the women's right of just this world. Uh, as Frank Sinatra's, Frank Sinatra said, that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But to have that opportunity taken from you, none of us felt good during that illustration of of the um, of the thing. And that same friend that was telling me, um, um, kind of the the rough upbringing that they had, yo, his life is popping now. Like he's got a relationship with God. Okay. Uh, he's got he's got a boo thing. Like I look at my friend, I'm like, yo, I'm happy you're here, dog. Um, uh, yeah. Let someone else make the decision for me, huh? So, yeah. That baby has a right to life. And the government is to protect our rights, dude. Protect the rights of the unborn. That's what I believe. Protect the rights of the unborn. Over it. No, <laughs> the Over it, yeah. No one, no one to... else. Mm-hmm. Who has the... Who Did the cops have the right to end George, or George Floyd's life? No, they did not. No, they did not. Why do women have the right to end the, the uh, life in the womb? But I, I feel like people don't see the correlation in this. And it's it's just it has the eyes of the media on their side and and this and that. Man. Just because it's a law, just be, what is morality? Who defines morality? Hmm. Were the uh, was Auschwitz moral were they moral and in exterminating the Jews because they were the majority, because it was the law, because it was okay to to spit on a Jew. Was it okay for for America to enslave black people? Was it okay because it was the majority? Because just because they could? Because who who could stand? Thank God for the Republican Party going to war. <laughs> Thank God, bro. Saying, uh, no. Uh, we're not. Uh, hey, we're messed up. We're gonna stop this starting this date, right? True. Thank God. Thank God. True. So, dude, it was offensive to say you can't own another person. 
How am I going to run my plantation? <laughs> have you thought about my rights? How am I going to run? Have you thought about me? <laughs> but um, yeah, man, what what is morality at this point in America? Um, that baby has a right to life. That baby has a right um, to make their own decisions. We have our rights to make our own decisions. Um, I've talked for long enough, man. My, my worldview is dictated by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect. Um, this is me trying to navigate my way through voting. Um, and ultimately, dude, Jesus is king at the end of the day. True that. Jesus king at the end of the day. Um, I think entitlement to the product of someone else's labor is what America did, what plantations did with black people. The entitlement to the product of someone else's labor is literally the definition of slavery. Socialism is the entitlement to the product of someone else's labor. At least Marxism as it's being so widely accepted today. Um, those are kind of the reasons why I, I voted the way I voted. Um, even with some of the props uh, that were on the, the, on the bill for um, California. By the way, I voted with a Sharpie. They gave me a Sharpie, so... Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Arizona said it was okay with it, Sharpie. This, so I don't this, know. this Sharpie gate, I got to look at it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I vote counted, man. So, uh, Kevin, hey, thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast, brother. Uh, appreciate it. Whenever you want to have me back, uh, let me know, dog. Most definitely, man. It's always a pleasure.